Hello and welcome everybody to episode eight of the Loose Change podcast, uh, where we have a few guys giving their two cents on everything hockey. We got Stuart. Braden is missing because he has monkey pox. Um, that is a real thing. We're not making that up. Um, ladies, stay away from him for a couple of weeks. DM him for a bit and then we'll go on from there. We have Kai back from last week. Kai, what was going on last week? I'm pretty sure you missed it. You're in the penalty box. What was going on last week? It was a long weekend. Maybe you got after it a little bit. Oh, yes. Yes. Was out for some pitch and putt with some friends. Oh, there, that'll do it. Time. Had to get out in the sun. It was like the first day of summer. Beautiful weekend, too. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got the round two to talk about. I guess we can recap it a little bit. We can go into the conference finals for sure. I have a few bets I want to give you guys. And we're going to talk a little bit about the offseason. And we're going to talk a little bit about Kenobi later on, which dropped this weekend. Amazing show. Uh, I guess we'll start with what everyone's here for. And that's EDM versus Colorado. The media is tabbing it as McDavid versus McKinnon. But I don't know if that's really what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more just the best team against the best player. Um, you know, I think McDavid. Obviously, McKinnon's unreal, but McDavid's way more valuable to that team than McKinnon is. Yeah, um, for sure. So we'll see. I mean, can uh, Colorado hold McDavid to two points a game? I think that'll be the question. I can't believe I've asked the question. <laughs> you probably, you probably, if you budget McDavid for two points a game and he he gets that, I think Colorado will walk all over them. <laughs> I, a good way to put it. <laughs> I can't argue that. I wish I could. Uh, my goodness. Wow. Well, like McDavid has two points. Are they playing Drysital? You think the series with McDavid? I was on the just same gonna line? Ask that. That's a good question. I. I don't think like you. Can. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You wouldn't I, don't eh? think. I don't think you can either. Just <laughs> who would? How deep they are. Who would uh, Colorado match match up against them? Like Caldry? The Nichushkin Kadri line is really yeah. good against top lines. That's mm. Nichush that's Nichushkin Kadri Rantanen right now, right? That's what they've been playing. Yeah. Been okay. playing. Yeah. I guess yeah. I left the best player off that line when I described yeah. it. Right. So I was just yeah. think I was just thinking like defensively, Kadri and Nichushkin are unbelievable. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely who I would put up against it. Against the McDavid line? Yeah. And then you let Drysidle go up against McKinnon. Well, Especially with Drysaddle's ankle not being too good, let your fastest player go up against the guy with the bum ankle. I could see McKinnon exposing. Like that goal that he scored and what that McKinnon scored in what what game was it? It was five. It was game, game five. five. It should have yeah. put away. To end was yeah. a ridiculous goal. That was and one of the nicest goals I've seen in like a say, long time. How is he not going to do that in every game against Cody Cece? I think that's the best playoff goal scored in. The last ten years, legit. It's definitely wow. up there. Yeah, like think okay. of like that's a it's it might be a top three highlight of the year. Yeah, those don't happen in the playoffs very often. <laughs> I mean, it's very recency bias, and I have no nothing to back it up. But <laughs> it is the best play in the last ten years in the playoffs. Based off no prior research, it's that one. It's it in. Speaking of prior research, though, dry settle on the bum ankle. I did mm. some research. He had 17 points in the five game series against. 
with a bum ankle. Oh my god. He couldn't even people, shoot. Do you think people are making too much of the ankle? No, honestly, no. when I watch, he looks hurt. I okay. think maybe like I think because of how good he how good he's doing, people are like, he's playing on a broken ankle. Like he's not playing on a broken ankle, but it's like it's definitely messed up. It's framed of some court. Sort. I'll definitely be curious to see what they say after the playoffs are done. Yeah, you know, like no one the... says anything about injuries, like while well, the team's still in the playoffs, but after they're gone, um, I'll be interested to see. What year was it that Boston lost and then they revealed that Bergeron was playing with a <laughs> yeah, punctured lung? That, I think that was uh, 20. That's when they lost to Chicago. I think that was 2014 or 15. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's great. Hockey, punctured lung, broken ribs. It's just stupid. It's so fun yeah. to learn what they actually played through. Well, like, like Tanev, too. Yeah, like separated shoulder, torn labrum, and there was some something else. Oh, sprained neck. All three of those <laughs> things at the same time. How do you play NHL yeah. hockey games against that? I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, another yeah. example, Hyman a with an ACL injury. Doesn't have an ACL. Let's play him against Bergeron in a hockey game. <laughs> Why would you do that? How, um, how do you do that? Like how... How could you skate at an NHL level with no ACL? How much painkillers are they yeah, on just doing that? Painkillers, right? They have yeah. to be. I don't understand how you do it. Do yeah. you think they leave the game and the painkillers way off and they just scream for like half an hour? I wonder, I've, are there like rules on how much pain medication you could give a player like during a game? I've heard there's a lot from what I've heard from like NHL players on podcasts. It seems like there's a, a lot of underground, like giving volume to people. Yeah. I mean, I, why, I, whatever it takes. I, I don't think the NHL would ever really crack down on that. Like, why do you want to keep superstars <laughs> out of the games? Like who cares? And yeah. like, nobody really talks about it, but like hockey is probably the most physically demanding sport. Football is because, but it's once a week. Like you're going every other night playoff hockey in football after Sunday. There's so many stories of players not being able to do anything for like three days, four days. Like they can't get off the couch after game day. And in hockey, you will have to be in a playoff game two days later after you, you can't move the next day. I'm assuming like the amount of players that miss optional skate after mm-hmm. it's crazy how tough these guys go. And that's why I'm worried about Mike Smith in this series. 40 years old, and this is the farthest he's gone in a playoff series in a decade since yeah. he did that crazy run with Arizona. All right, I'm going to say it. The last two rounds, I've said I don't believe in the Oilers because of Mike Smith, and he's shut me up both both rounds. He so did. I'm not, not going to say it right now. I'm not saying it. Mike Smith, you know what? He's not an issue for me anymore. Okay. Even wow. if it's not Mike Smith, I'm gonna go though. out there. But that said, I am taking the over in every game. Yes. Yeah, even if it's too. not Mike Smith, it's, <laughs> I'm still scared of Edmonton's defense. I don't care how okay they've looked. Fair, right? Against Calgary, they've like, held their own. But at some point, now they're going to be the CC. best offense in the league. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm not buying it. How many? I'm not buying it. How many shifts? How many opportunities a game will McKinnon? Landeskog, Makar, Rantanen get against Cody, CC, and Keith. How many one-on-one plays do they get? Mm. Like, how many opportunities for scoring there is for that 
You're right, Kai. Yeah. Over, over, over. Over six yeah. and a half, over seven and a half. I don't care. We're doing it. Lots yeah. sure. of five, three, six, three games going to happen. Yeah. What are yeah. Edmonton's pairs even? According to uh, Daily Faceoff, it's Darnell Nurse and CC, Keith and Bouchard, and then Barry and Kulak. Yeah, Anytime I, one of those pairs on the on the ice, if McKinnon's on, he's targeting one of those guys every time he's on the ice. Yeah, there's, there's right. one CC Keith and Barry. Every yeah, time. there's one super exploitable player on each each pair in there. Yeah, and all and it's not even just McKinnon, I guess, because on Colorado's top six, all six of those guys can drive play. Mm, yeah, they're all like Nurse Bouchard and Kulak are going to be like on their own because no one's going to go near them. Why would you? Right. Yeah. Like, like you shouldn't. You just so maybe you're side. right, Kai. Maybe it will be not the goaltender that's at fault, but at some point, something in Edmonton's going to crack. It's going to be the defense. It's going to be the goalie, or it's going to be the lack of depth behind McDavid. Yeah, I, I don't know. You played McDavid half the game, right? And uh, if they do end up splitting up Drysaddle and McDavid, then I'm sure that that bottom six is going to play like ten minutes a game combined. Mm. That's fair. And the bottom six, it, it must be so easy to play in the bottom six of the Oilers because your goal and you win your shift is if you get off with the same score as you started your shift with. Yeah. No, if you you're don't not, get you're not on, expected to score for sure. You don't need to. Yeah. You yeah. just need to not coach. lose your shifts. You don't need to win them. You just need to not lose them and let yeah. McDavid win his shifts. Yeah. And I, they've actually done it they've executed that plan in five games against mm-hmm. the leader and the second favorites behind colorado to win the cup like crazy yeah and it the thing is sense. yeah sorry go, go ahead. ahead go ahead okay <laughs> uh the thing is with those edmonton pairings it's like sure there's one super exploitable guy on each pairing but you compare that to like calgary that's the door and branson pairing yeah that got when they're playing in edmonton every time those two go on the ice mcdavid's popping up over the bench <laughs> yes, yeah, that's true. I guess even a, like for like I like um just going to like the Edmonton's offense, looking at their lines again with kind of like the idea of like the bottom six playing like 10, 15 minutes a night. Maybe you do just leave dry settle with McDavid because Nugent Hopkins, Pulyarvi, and Hyman's not that mm-hmm. bad of a second mm-hmm. line. Oh, oh no, no, not at all. That's a play if, driving line right there. Mm-hmm. And if dry settles like actually is like ankle is really bad, why not let him play with McDavid where they where people have to constantly be paying attention to him and let him slip. And just mm-hmm. use his IQ to get around and capitalize. Like maybe it is the best idea just to leave him up there. I think you talked and, me into it. Yeah, and if that's their top six, I mean, you do have Yamamoto on the third line. Yeah, you, one of them's so not like, playing well. You just move yeah. Yamamoto back up. Yeah, it's yeah because I, I I personally do not like Puljarvi at all. Uh, like I don't think he's that good. Mm, I don't think yeah. he's good either. But I think. He doesn't have a better shot than Yamamoto. I'm assuming that's why he's playing with Nugent Hyman opposed to Yamamoto. Maybe like, he's just big, bigger bodied. He plays like a little bit more roughly mm-hmm. in the playoffs, but. How do you guys think Colorado will handle, or not Colorado, sorry. How will Edmonton handle Colorado's defense? Because well, Edmonton got to exploit, like you said, Gabranson Zadorov. And now the worst defenseman they're going against is like Bowen Byram. Yeah. Well, like they, I is Byron Colorado's worst defense. Like they are playing Jack Johnson right now. Are yeah, they? So it is Jack I thought, Johnson. I thought yeah. they were playing McDermott. Yeah. No. Uh, let's I, still, I'm gonna look at Daily Faceoff right now. Daily Faceoff has Taves McCarr first pairing, Jack Johnson, Josh Manson, Bowen Byram, Eric Johnson. Mm, 
Okay. Like I'm right. going at Eric Johnson and Jack Johnson. If oh yeah, I'm McDavid. Sure. So like Makar and Taves probably have to be on the ice against McTavid every time. Yeah, it's gonna be hard for like as not the home team for Edmonton to get McDavid against the third pair. Like McCarr's yeah. playing a lot, and so is McCarr's so playing is thirty minutes. Yeah, if McDavid's on the ice, McCarr and Taves are hot. Or if McDavid's on the ice, Taves is definitely hopping over the bench. Yeah, without a doubt in my mind. I think McCarr is my pick for the Con Smythe. Really, I think okay. so. He's plus four hundred. McKinnon's also great value at plus three hundred, though. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those two. I don't think Kemper gets it. My pick is Colorado. First of all, they're plus 120 to win the cup. So let's say they get to the cup final and they beat Edmonton. I think right now is the time to do it. McCarr plus 400, McKinnon plus 300. Both those bets, I think one of them hits. I think if it's going to be yeah. one, it's yeah. going to be one of those two. When's the What's the last time a D-man won the Cubs fight? Didn't Victor Hedman win? Um, did he? Two years ago? I think so. Because Vasilevsky doesn't have Kucherov a Cubs yet. I'm pretty sure Kucherov won. Oh, did, was it point? Didn't did Vasilevsky win it last year? Vasilevsky won it last year. Hedman yeah. won it in 2020. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, okay. And then Duncan Keith won it in 2015, actually. So. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> He's in the series. That was that was surprising. I didn't expect to see Duncan Keith in 2015, but, you know. No. He's, he was there. He did his thing. I mean, that was the year that they had, like, three defensemen, and he played 35 minutes a night. Yeah. Because I was going to yeah. say, I, I feel like Con Smythe is – it's usually a player that has the most points. And oh, okay, yeah. So 2015, yeah, Keith had like 21 points in 23 playoff games. So he was putting up good offensive numbers there. So well, we could easily see McCarr do that. Like, yeah. that's, that's going oh, to happen. I, I think, if yeah, the McCarr's going to hit a point game. That. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think you, you got to take cons my folks now, too, because once you wait till the final round, like everyone that has a good chance is not good odds anymore. Yeah, like you have exactly. to bet now, like on hoping that team makes it through to the next round. Yeah. Well said, Stuart. Bet now, guys. Plus 300 McKinnon, plus 400 McCarr. If you bet 10 bucks on either of them, if one of them wins, you're making money. Pick I your do like those bets. I like those. I do like McCarr. I feel like it really could be him. Yeah. Especially but- if Colorado like stomps on Edmonton mm-hmm. and then they get to the final and McCarr was playing against McDavid the whole time. And I feel so the easy pick is McKinnon. And there's is something about hockey culture, as far as a word voting goes, where they try their best to not give it to the first guy. Like they look for reasons to give it to somebody else. I don't know. Like, both years, the Penguins won the cup. Like at least the first year, it should have gone to Ken, uh, Kessel or Murray, in my opinion. And they give it to Sid. And then even the second year, like obviously he played amazing and fantastic. I just could have seen it going to other people in that sense. And like Kucherov didn't ha- doesn't have one in the past two years. So I don't know if they're really trying to give it to the best points guy, which is why yeah, I like McCarr the most. I'm surprised Kucherov didn't win it in 2020 because he had like 35 points that playoff. Yeah. Really yeah, good. I guess what? They, they valued Hedman that year. Hedman had an unreal. He was averaging like 28 minutes a night. Shut down. He probably had a lot of points too. But yeah. What's McDavid for the Smythe? Do you know? I was going to say, because he is one of those guys where, I mean, I do think he has to win this round. Um, but if they lose in the finals, I could see him still winning. Still getting it. With yeah. When's the last time that happened? Right He's oh, the man. fourth favorite behind. So it's McKinnon plus three. McCarr is actually plus 450 now. 
So jump on okay. that. Vasilevsky, plus 600. And McDavid, also at plus 600. Those are the top four. Yeah. Ooh. See, the thing is with McDavid, I, he does have to win this series to have mm-hmm. a shot at the Smythe, and I just don't see it happening. What do you have, Colorado in four, five, six, or seven? I, I have Colorado in six. That's what I have, too, which is yeah. plus 400. I'm surprised. It's the worst odds of Colorado to win. Vegas yeah. predicts it's the least likely to win. That's interesting. That's implying plus 400 the, odds. The Athletic did have that as the most likely outcome. Well, then what the heck yeah. are we talking yeah. about here? That's uh, a great bet. Plus 400, yeah. Colorado in six. Lock that you in guys- now. I'm clipping this for Instagram and TikTok. Hi, Instagram and TikTok. Bet that. <laughs> I uh, I found the last player to win the Conn Smythe without uh, winning the cup. It was in 2003, and he played for the Mighty Ducks of An uh, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim won that year, and it was Jean Sebastian Jaguer who won the Conn Smythe without winning the cup. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That is that the year they they lost the doubles. I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Probably, and then yeah. the last person, like the other person, was 1987, and it was another goalie in Ron Hextall. So it so seems it like does it's goalies. Yeah. It seems like it's goalies that yeah. that get it. Right. So it's it's very hard to bet on McDavid then. Yeah. But then you really have no chance. Yeah. I don't think unless he unless you believe that they're beating. I, he has Colorado. so many points though. But, I mean, if if he's if he is the most points in the playoffs by like ten. Suppose yeah. he does does what Drysaddle did. He gets seventeen points this series. What does that put? He puts him at over for like forty five points. Let's say the next guy gets thirty five, but wins the cup. You, you got to give it to McDavid. <laughs> yeah. Actually, to be fair though, does Drysaddle just take votes away from McDavid if they lose? Like they both have twenty six points right now. If they stay within like four points of each other. Are they taking votes from each other, like Con Smythe votes? Maybe. I think it's then... odd that the media hasn't been talking about Drysaddle because I think that should happen, but like, it hasn't been. Everyone's talking about McDavid versus McKinnon, mm-hmm. McDavid, McDavid, and McDavid's crew. Just <laughs> McDavid's flashier. Drysaddle. Yeah, right. it's... he's flashier for sure. I think Drysaddle. When I saw him live this year, he absolutely was the better player through sixty minutes than McDavid. Mm-hmm. When I watched, mm-hmm. yeah, but. I mean, like you said, it does. It's happened what twice, Stuart? Not very yeah. likely. It's happened more than twice, but not since like like twice since like nineteen seventy. <laughs> yeah, call it then. What do you guys think Calgary does after that series? Do they just look back like we got some injuries in the back end? We need a tinker. Like, what do they do? Gaudreau's in the UFA. Do they just try to they resign them and run it back? Try to run it back is probably where I'd go. Like, does Markstrom? play that bad again like are you banking on markstrom playing that bad again in the playoffs yeah i I, so i think if you're calgary you need to look at it so they played markstrom way too much for the regular season so they need a backup that can play 25 games i think okay so you Mm -hmm. think markstrom was tired maybe yeah like even at the end of the regular season he was starting to slip and that's true i I did notice that he was pulled like three times in his last 10 starts yeah in the regular season for sure just a good backup is important. But yeah, sure. especially um, in today's NHL. Like I saw the Leafs had to use a fifth string goalie this year, and it wasn't pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if they can afford to bring everyone back, right? 
because Kachuk's up in a year. They have one more year on oh, the I guy. Thought, oh, they do. I thought he's up this year. I thought he was up this year too. Yeah. No, he's um, he is up this year. Yeah. Is he up this year? Because they were talking about like long term contract extension. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he's an RFA. My bad. Yeah. yeah. So he's an so RFA, RFA this year. So they have to sign him, Goudreau, Mangiapane is also an RFA, and then a few bottom sixers and forward and defense. So not a big deal. But those three guys were their three leading scorers. Yeah. They're three leading well, outside of Lindholm. Three of the top yeah. four scorers, RFA and UFA. Do you sign all three and run it back? To be fair, I, I'm thinking on the point of view where Calgary's trading Sean Monahan in the summer. They're paying to get rid of his six point mm-hmm. like four million dollar mm-hmm. cap hit, so that's over like that's a good chunk of whatever Goudreau or Kachuk is going to make on it. Yeah, or whatever cap space they already have. Yeah, so you think it will be easier, pretty easy yes. to resign yeah. them? Well, because yeah, Sean Monahan is their biggest contract on the books right now. So yeah, you get you get rid of that, then they'll have thirty three million to sign those guys. 33 million. Yeah. So let's yeah. say Gaudreau and Kachuk both get 10, which is like a lot for them. I think if their agents got from that, that's yeah. they'd be very, very happy. That's you still have 13 yeah. million to sign like a few bottom sixers in the backup. And a couple, couple that's of few really, fans. that's really yeah. a great cap situation to deal with. They have to run it back. They have to. I think you're right. What about to Foley? Do they keep them? Because that felt like it was a really, it was a fuck. It was crash and burn. Camp. You think give him a training camp, let him, yeah. let him figure it out in training camp. Yeah. He's, he's a good player. Yeah. Just, you don't think it's going to work, but he has a full season in a training camp. He's I'd got, he's got two years left on like a good contract. I feel like that's one of those guys where you want to bank on him to have a rebound. Yeah. I like think it's fully makes four two mm-hmm. five, and then Lindholm's yeah. making under five as your first yeah. line center. You have to run it back. Like you have to, be just as competitive as you were this year when you're first. Well, oh yeah. Five and they bucks. could, they could probably find a way to get rid of Lucic as well. So that's another like five. Yeah. That's, that's true. true. And they only have Lucic for years. So even though they yeah. had to bridge one of them. Yeah, yeah. I think Kai's made a great point the last two episodes, or I guess the episode two weeks ago where he was talking like, Hey, we gave Calgary's defense a bit too much respect. Mm-hmm. Like they need to add a good defenseman. They need like a Giordano type. Hate to say it, but they have four defensemen that I don't mind, and then their bottom pair is terrible. And in the playoffs, clearly, as you've seen in the Pacific, if you, you have to play against McDavid in the first round or second round, yeah, you need more defense. I think a Jake Muzzin trade could be in play here. Okay, I think you they need say, more foot yeah. speed on defense. Pardon? Yes. They need speed. I think I need. They think they need speed on defense. I don't think they need like size or grit. I think they need speed. I don't know. I think if Tanev was healthy, it's a whole different series. I think like. But if, if Tanev's have... healthy, how often is the bottom pair going to play then? Like, I think that's. Well, in the just... playoffs, you have to prepare more than six defensemen that are good enough. And for sure, Calgary didn't. And look what <laughs> happens when one of the top four went down, right? <laughs> then Sidorov and Gabranson are playing in the top four. You don't want that. You no. need five good defensemen. Get Muzzin on your bottom pair. Or a Muslim type, you know what I mean? Like someone that's yeah, like yeah. legit yeah. respected. As I a do top think four, top five defenseman. Flames fans are probably pretty upset about that Drew Down deal. <laughs> I would be fucking livid. Yeah. I, th- I think they're they're probably like, why the fuck didn't he do that for us? Right? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it's it like it's the whole 
I would be kind of mad if the as an Islanders fan that John Tavares, like, yeah, you're going home, but like, what the heck, man? Like, thought we had something special here. I think it's similar with the Giordano, where like you kind of get it, but also like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I'm pumped as a Leaf fan, Giordano. Um, I mean, he's gonna stay for another two years at 700k. I don't think we've talked about that deal yet. What a deal! Oh, I, thought we, I thought we did. Did we talk about it last yeah, episode? We touched, on, it, touched yeah. on that last episode. I was probably yeah. pumped. That probably we... happened that day. I was pumped. Yeah, it's because we started yeah. fighting out Brian Rust afterwards, I'm pretty sure. So I think <laughs> it kind of got yeah. muted in that. That was crazy. I blacked out during that. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, okay. Let's talk about uh, St. Louis's offseason then. Mm. Transitioning from Colorado's because they had a great series, man. They knew exactly how to play Colorado. They had that one game. I think it was game four where they blew it. They had a terrible game. Every other game, they were in it to the end. <laughs> I don't know what they do with uh, Huso and Bennington. Do you think they re-sign Huso? He is a UFA. He has 67 oh, NHL games. And like, mm. do you sign him to a long term? You have Bennington signed to 27. It feels like Bennington clearly won that starter role, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, all comes, it all comes down to the numbers that Huso wants, right? Um, I don't think you can trade Biddington. He's got a big contract. And oh, also, yeah. like, he has won the cup. He played a great during the playoffs. As much as I hate the guy, I wanted him to lose the starter's job. Um, he, he did play great. Yeah, I mean, and Huso, though, has been in the same position as Bennington for a while. Remember when Bennington first got called up to win the cup in 2019? It was supposed to be Huso, but Huso was injured like two days before that call up happened. Bennington gets up. Look what happened really? to him. Yeah. I thought I thought Huso was still on the Sabres at that point. No, he was injured oh. for St. Louis. They would have huh. called him up. He was the he was like their AHL starter, and Bennington was their AHL backup. Wow. Like a one A one B situation. Oh, like, so who they was that? So when they had Elliot and Allen? Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, like throwback to then, all the way till now. At Bennington's, like you said, one of the highest paid goal tenders in the NHL at six million a year till twenty twenty seven. Yeah, Huso. No one's taking that contract. Huso's not going to get nearly close to that. He's probably going to get maybe what a two year deal at three. Is that does St. Louis do that? Do they pay nine million in goaltenders next year? Like, mm. I don't know. Who do they have signed for next season still? Next year, like they have I, a lot, but like their whole forward core the year after is gone. Oh yeah, they have could, one year yeah. left on O'Reilly, one year right. left on Tarasenko, one year left on Thomas, Kairou, Barbashev. Like the list no, goes they can't on. then. They can't be tying up money no. in a backup goalie when Thomas and Kairou Ooh. are up in the same year. Okay, yeah. like especially with Tarasenko and Riley, man. Yeah. Well, I think Tarasenko's probably gone. Yeah. But O'Reilly, you have to keep. Well, oh. we got to think about it like this summer specifically. So they got to think about Huso. David Perron is a UFA. Oh, wow. Oh, I remember that. I forgot yeah. that he's a UFA. Yeah. He said that he wants to sign back in St. Louis, but he's turning 35. Players uh, usually when offer him a one or two year deal. Is he going to take that though? If some yeah. other team offers the, him a four-year deal for the same price, what's he going to take? Which yeah. team is offering? He wants to and the NHL teams will do that, though. Like, since the Marlowe contract, I can't really think of very often where teams offer four-year deals to 36-year-olds, mm-hmm. 35-year-olds. I don't know. Maybe if a team's, like, close to at the end of, like, their window. 
maybe they'd just be like, fuck it, like let's put ourselves in cap hell, but let's Let- get David Perron for a couple of years while we have a chance. Well, let me ask you guys this then. Perron and Huso, same question, but for both players, if you're a contending team, do you look at those players and say, here's the contract or no? And I'm saying like the good contract, like the three, the four-year deal or no, because in Huso's situation, it's, is he the guy? Can he make the big save? And in Perron's situation is, can he keep it up when he's 37? To me, it's both of those as a contending team. I'm probably saying no. So like maybe an Ottawa or Detroit will sign those guys for four years for whatever. If they want to take a role where they're like helping a rebuilding team, knowing they're not going to win the cup until they retire or in Hughes' situation until he's in his prime. But I think if those players value competitiveness, they'll sign the hometown discount with St. Louis. This is the team to do it yeah. with. I mean, Perron, he's had three different tenures with the Blues. He obviously loves playing for that organization, and I think that he will take a big discount to stay. That's fair. He's made a good amount of money in his career. I'm pretty sure yeah. he's made like $45 million. He's, yeah, $44 he's million. Like, like next year, he'll hit 1,000 NHL games. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think that he'll finish as a blue. It would be nice I to see, see him finish as a blue, eh? Yeah. I, and he also has just gotten better with age, too. So He is pretty good still. Like, he knows that system. Yeah. He's settled in. I'd be confident for him to play well to 37. Or maybe 37 would be the bad year. But 35 <laughs> right. and 36, you're getting good years. Yeah, but, but yeah, like if you look at their cap situation, like next summer is going to be tough. Yeah, and very tough. Can't offer Perron. I don't more than know one year. if I would want Perron on the books beyond next season. I don't think you can afford it. Like it would give Cairo, Thomas, Brown, unless, and unless, too yeah. much. Unless the Blues are just like, okay, Tarasenko's gonna leave. Well, he didn't. He did request a trade like last year or whatever. Right? Yeah, and I guess it worked after out he did like, the captaincy. Like the only reason <laughs> yeah. he requested the trade is because like, oh, I'm not your number one priority. I'm your number two. Yeah, like he's still very clearly up there for them. They did expose him the Seattle Kraken thing, but I feel yeah. so they knew that the Kraken were just bad and didn't know what they were doing, so they were never going to take a good player. Yeah, as I still can't saw. believe that. Unbelievable! How do you not take Tarasenko? I don't care about his shoulder fucking surgery. That was ridiculous. You take yeah. Vince Dunn over Tarasenko. That's awful for two seasons of Tarasenko. Like for one season, maybe you take Vince Dunn because he looked good and he's young. And he would be RFA, like still after his contract ends, but for two seasons. It, it really feels like that first line winger. You know, you remember that trade? Hall is one for one. Hall for Larson. Who would you really <laughs> That's have fair. done? Tarasenko. Pretty obvious to me, yeah. but I guess not. Um, that's a little Kraken shade for the few Kraken fans that listen. Do they have fans yet? How long until you're like really a fan? Can you call yourself a fan one month then? One year in, I would say. I mean, when I went to the Seattle game, it was a sellout against the Ottawa Senators. A sellout, eh? Yes, oh, and like, so I'm sure it was like, oh, it was a great environment. Yeah, they had a lot of fun. Um, so I mean, sure, it was their like first season. So we'll see if they keep it up. But the fact that it was like end of the season, both teams are trash, and it was still a sellout. 
I think that's yeah. a very clear Seattle's sign, a, eh? A that great that's going to be a place. good market. Yeah. yeah. Right by Vancouver. It's like so easy for like Canadians to go down to and mm-hmm. watch that and be a fan of them. It's the Buffalo and, of the West. Yeah. And they also don't have a whole lot of competition for like local sports fans because it's like the overlap with yeah. baseball season. It's pretty limited. So you're not fighting with Mariners fans. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened when you look at what's going on in Vegas? Now Vegas has so many sports teams when the Golden Knights got there they were like oh we're the first major sports team here yeah now they got the Raiders now now they got the Raiders and then there's like talk of like the athletics are gonna move there oh oh, yeah I forgot the they're gonna talk anytime anytime like NBA expansion or relocation comes up Vegas is gonna be like the number one candidate city 100% it should be I think too yeah so I mean I in like five years from now, they could easily have a major sports team in like all the major sports, which would then lose the luster a little bit yeah. for the Golden Knights. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially because they're changing their jersey, their jersey color. Why are they moving away from the gray? They were like the only team that had a gray home jersey, and it looked good. And then they're going to what the gold one as their home or the red one. They had a gray home jersey. It was oh yeah, that oh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked the, that jersey. I hate the red jerseys. So much. Like, the red jerseys are so ugly. I didn't realize they, that they were making the goals their permanent because I also I think, don't like those. I'm pretty sure they're making the goals the permanent and like Ugh, God. How do you guys feel mistake. about the gold helmets? For viewers that They're don't so know, bad. Google gold helmets so the bad. right now. Uh, they're the worst. They're so bad. Okay, I, I mean, and the Kings too. The Kings helmets, the bright silver, just copying the Golden Knights. No, like, no, 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 thank you. I don't like the metallic look at all. I would talk about Tampa and Rangers and Carolina, but it's really awkward for us. For those that don't know, we're recording before the game starts y- yesterday night when we're posting this on Tuesday, recording on Monday. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Colorado or not, Col- Carolina hasn't lost at home yet they haven't won on the road i kind of expect that to go on but now you're just going to be listening to this knowing the results so it's yeah. hard to talk about it i i was i want to say i checked today because i couldn't remember where carolina finished in the uh in the standings like compared to the rest of the league if carolina was ahead of colorado in league points i'd be cheering for carolina the rest of the way but only if they won home games because yes. how awesome would it be if a team won 16 games to win the cup and all, were all, all at home all at home that would be the most electric thing that's ever happened in all of sports. Then I'm pretty sure you can no, never no argue. Then you can never argue that home advantage doesn't matter again. You can just that be like, would be well, the Carolina, reference for home. They, did, yeah. they didn't win a game on the road, but they still won the cup. People will be talking about that literally a hundred years from now. Like no yeah. joke, and it won't happen again. Like that's crazy. That's true. Honestly, so I you're, still, you're gonna rooting sh- for them? No, I picked Rangers in seven, so I'm gonna root for my pick. Yeah, but I'm not going to be upset if Carolina wins, especially if Carolina gets to the cup final, still only winning home games. If Carolina loses in game seven in the finals to Colorado, I'm still happy, I think, because mm-hmm. they won all their home games. Yeah, I mean, I picked Rangers in seven at the start of the series, um, plus 800 after we talked about it a couple episodes too. Um, felt good about it, but honestly, I'm rooting for this record. I am all about the storylines and I want the team to only win at home and I'll be the biggest Carolina fan every home game and then root so hard against them when they're not at home. Mm-hmm. 
But I think either team, whoever made it past last night's game, you're going up against Tampa, and they are rolling right now. Mm-hmm. Tampa in five against the Rangers. Tampa in six or seven against the Canes. I don't think the Canes can win every home game against Tampa. They can against the Rangers. They can against Boston, not against Tampa. Rangers, Igor, yeah, you did Pittsburgh. Yeah, you did Canes. You can't do Vasilevsky. You can't do TB. Yeah, if he's not – if if uh, Shesterkin isn't the best goalie in the series, I don't think I can pick the Rangers again. You can't pick the Rangers again. Can't do it. That's Won't why you were it. picking them in the other series. Like you're not going to talk into your pick in the Rangers in round one or two because of <laughs> no. anything else aside from their goalie. <laughs> I mean that goalie though. <laughs> he, goalie. he better win the Vesna. Markstrom's oh. going to finish second, and he had a bad year. Jeez. I mean, outside of that, is there really any other playoffs? to talk about i mean we could talk about the off season for rangers of canes but it's kind of pointless yeah talk about florida's off season but i feel as though they know what they need to do also we have to fill the whole off season yeah yeah we can talk about off season when there's nothing else to talk about in the off season. all right so that for does sure. it for a hockey talk then we would do blc but obviously we're missing brain's love corner with the monkey pox I'm not sure if you guys have done any research. I'm pretty sure you need to have sex to get money monkeypox. Is so, it? Oh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like well, good for him. Very sexually transmitted disease. Huh. So, Brayden might have a juicy BLC for us next week. <laughs> you never. Oh, wait, know. hold on. Before we go though, uh, we don't want to touch on Jason Spezza. Mm. Just to say, mm. absolutely congratulations on mm-hmm. what a fucking career we have. What a career. To. You're right. Jason Shame he uh, he'll finish so so close to a thousand points, but I never realized there. he didn't hit it. But I guess he didn't. I definitely so. thought that he already hit it too. I they were talking about it the whole season. The Leafs commentators were like, "Now he's eight away, seven away, six away, right?" What did he finish away? Five away. Fuck yeah! So let me get this off my chest, and I know this is crazy, so I'm just gonna say it once, and we don't have to address it. You guys can just let it go. At the trade deadline, Jason Spezza, it's completely legal for him to unretire and play for the Leafs after the trade deadline. He got 500 points next year. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. He could be a special assistant to the GM slash player. Could see it. Make it happen. Get him 1,000 points. Play him with Ozzy and Marner for two games. Five points right there. I think it'd be so gangster for them to do that. Anyways, I, I, I think definitely thought he would be back. I think if he wanted to thousand, he would have resigned. Yeah, the Leafs would have resigned him no, for league no. mid. The Leafs would have been like, I don't, don't think, think so? so. I think I've heard this from reporter mm-hmm. Chris Johnson, who's like to me is gospel as far as Twitter Leafs go. If he says something about the Leafs, I believe it one hundred percent. He says that he believes Spezza wanted to play. The Leafs kind of asked him, can you be front office instead? We want to go younger. And I believe, I believe that. Well, because like that. Spezza wasn't even in the lineup for game one of the playoffs. And if Clifford didn't take that stupid penalty, Probably who knows if he was even going to be? Yeah. yeah. And the game he had, like, he averaged six to seven minutes of ice time when he did yeah. play. It's it, He doesn't need to be a player. And he honestly might be more valuable being talking to Dubas every game. Yeah. I'd rather that maybe, honestly. I love the move as a lead. Throw, throw him as a power play coach. 
Let him be on the bench. Maybe. I think, honestly, I've heard that he's been very tapped into the NHL his whole career. Like He's one of those players you can ask about another team in another <laughs> conference, and he'll tell you about the third-line center. Like He just knows about the league. I think he's one of those guys that having him in the GM's ear, I actually like him more in the front office than behind the bench. Because the front know, office just... is an underrated part of hockey. It is important for the GM to know what the team's like. And <clears> having Spezza there, I think that's like so, that's like Sadine level of understanding right there. Mm, for sure. That's fair. I was just thinking from the point of view of like, what game was it in the playoffs this year where he went in the locker room and hyped everyone up and they came back and won the game? Like, And you, as a GM, that's... you can do that though. You can walk down to the fucking locker room. I guess. I just thought, I just would like that behind the bench too as well. I want him everywhere. You're right. I wish I could clone him. Play him as a player, coach, and a GM. Mm-hmm. By the way, calling this now, we'll be doing this podcast for years and years to come. Four years ago when we are talking about, I can't believe Spets is the new GM of the Leafs. I called it first. <laughs> he will be the GM of the Leafs after Kyle Dubas. He, he wants to be, I think. Look at there's no way you become the special assistant to a GM of the Leafs if you don't want to be a GM mm-hmm. in the future. I want yeah. him as someone on a panel just so I can hear his laugh again. <laughs> I like that laugh. Mm-hmm. It's so electric. For those that are listening, pause this, stop listening to us. Go watch Jason Spezza laugh on YouTube. It's hilarious. Yeah, that does it for Spezza. Great career. 995. It's a shame he didn't get a thousand. Yeah. Never won a cup, but his line on the Senators, him, Heatley, and Alfredson from like 2005 to 2009 was the best line in hockey every single year. That yeah. was probably the best team I've watched in my life. Never win a cup. Mm-hmm. Weren't they in it like every year? And like their back line, they had Chara, they had Wayne Redden, like they had some ballers on that team. That was a great team. Yeah. So we're going to see a few players. Like, Cause I do. I mean, I hope Thornton retires, like just hang he it up. Man. It has to be. Um, so he never won one. Mm. Then we're going to see Spezza's number one, one. There's going to be a lot of guys retiring soon that we grew up watching as kids that are going to retire. Unfortunately, without a cup, I think. That is sad. It was so nice to see Ovi win one. <sighs> yeah, God, I'm so right? happy Ovi got one. Oh, that felt so just, It was so worth it. That whole year was yeah. worth it just for that. Yeah. But, I mean, now that Giordano signed with the Leafs until he's retired, he probably won't win one either. It's tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask who's the next, who's now the next player that everyone's cheering to win a cup? Like, who's that guy? Um, I could see a lot of people career. going after Mike Smith. He's 40. He's a goalie. Edmonton. Pavelski, maybe. Oh, that's a good one. I think that's That'd a good one. That'd be a good one. Mm. Some other really old guys. Yeah. Boston guys have won one already. So Boston guys have won one. Chicago guys have won few. Enough. Yeah. Enough of that. Enough LA won them. Cups. Those LA won. You know, Pittsburgh obviously has theirs, so all their guys that are older have them already. And those are all the all old superstars, really. That's what I mean. Are so like, all kind of young. Is this Kai bring up like is Pavelski the best one that doesn't have a cup now? Like might old be. guy, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Probably he, he's still like a top forty forward in the league, easily oh. maybe better. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. I think that does it for hockey talk. Do you guys want to talk Kenobi at all? We were planning on talking about maybe a little bit of Kenobi, but we're missing Brayden. I don't know. Like the first two episodes I loved. I wish yeah. it were a little bit darker because Disney. This is mm-hmm. officially the Kenobi section of Blue Change. Are, are we putting a spoiler warning on this? Or are we yes, going to talk about yes, the plot? Okay. We talking plot. Podcast is over for okay. those. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Yes. Appreciate you. This is Kenobi talk from now on. If you want, yes. don't want to listen to spoilers. End the show. Thank you so much for listening. Come Kenobi back. Kenobi starts watched. now. We're mm-hmm. talking about the plot. Talk. Yeah. Hear what we have to say. Okay. Yeah. I mean, first two episodes. Uh, I did rewatch them because I watched them both like when they first came out at midnight Pacific. <laughs> so I was very sleepy. So I had to rewatch them. Um, second episode, I found more enjoyable than the first. For sure. Um, there's my two least favorite moments are both of the chase scenes in episode yes. one. That chase scene in episode one almost ruined the episode for me. And the chase scene in episode two, I'm like, this is like a small kid, and you tell me Obi Wan can't catch up to her. Like, I was really like thinking about a meme, like about like those classic memes they did back in the seventies of like it would be a person in chase, and then yeah. they'd cut, and they'd be like a hundred yards past where they were before, and the guys like. I couldn't tell if they were trying to make it serious or like comical because it just it really threw me off and I just did not enjoy it at all. They really the scene of Leia getting chased. I was laughing aloud during it. There was times where people were just running into branches that were just at eye. I just found it annoying. Running into yeah, it was so dumb. It was so bad. This guy used to be a Jedi. I can't catch an eight-year-old. Yeah, I mean ten-year-old, but still. Yeah, to be fair, actually, I guess I didn't. I didn't register like the, even Obi Wan's chase in Episode Two when he was chasing her. Yeah, it's just bad. I mean, even for her to get captured, sorry, is crazy. Like, I do. I did find Leia's character to be kind of annoying at times, but I think that just makes because like Leia's like supposed to be like super passionate, like super super intelligent like someone that would question that a complete stranger is like coming to rescue her mm-hmm. um because i mean that would naturally be be a <laughs> to be something to be skeptical about right and like um, the whole han solo being kind of annoyed with her type of little yeah. thing like it's clearly she's an annoying priss sometimes yeah it's princess like a, she's like a, she's a little bit bratty but i mean yeah. that's part of the character exactly so they developed that well yeah bail organa man he's such a good character in this oh yeah he's great yeah. his performance he's is really unreal good. like when he's in kenobi's cave saying it's my daughter go I, find her yeah i was just I like, do I'll, like I'll go find her for you buddy i liked how how much they showed of alderaan um because mm-hmm. i mean you know 10 years after that it's getting blown up yeah so <laughs> you gotta see a bit of speed. like the city and i mean i guess they showed it a little bit in revenge of the sith but Right. Just for like one scene. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of Revenge of the Sith, what a good opening scene for season oh my one. God. For one of Kenobi. Yeah. Like they did it right, right off the bat. I was yeah. like, so ready. And then they show. hop into like Order 66. That was like a great way to open it. Absolutely. Jedi defending yeah. younglings. And then you already see the character arc for the bad guy right away. I was away. hoping so much that like that Jedi was like kind of wasting a bunch of clones. I was so hoping that you would just see Anakin just like pop up 
I, that's just what I was waiting wreck for. Her. That's oh, what I was oh waiting for. I, w- I was expecting that to happen. Um, that was. I guess so they're dope. they're building up some intrigue, though. Yeah, but like also, you could have shown Anna. It's, it's different. The intrigue of Darth Vader alone, like after what happened at Keno- like with Kenobi and what planet was that when they fought? Whatever happened in Revenge of the Sith, like you yeah. could have shown pre Mustafar? that. Yeah, they could have shown pre Mustafar. Mustafar. Anakin, and it wouldn't have been that. It wouldn't have been that bad of a spoiler. It would have just jacked me up even more. Yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, I think that they'll keep touching on that opening scene with that group of younglings because you I think do so? think right, that. Yeah, I do think that Riva is one of those younglings. That was think? clear, right? That it was the black girl. They had one black it, because girl they're like, oh, like they're like, what do we do now? They're like, oh, we run. So then you see them like start to run, but you don't yep. see what happens. And yep. I assume that. We'll see another scene showing where they ran yeah. to. They ran into the dark side. Anakin takes them in or something like maybe not Anakin. Yeah, like, or like maybe all of them die except the one who turns into turns out to be an Inquisitor because right. she knows that Vader is Anakin. Yes, maybe that's which why means also... which okay, means yeah. that she saw Anakin before he like got all yeah. burned up on Mustafar. Right. It's clear. Well, also just knowing that she was definitely a Jedi at some point. She could have known Anakin before at some like, point. Because like the, em- the Empire tried to keep that like top secret. What? That Anakin was Vader. Oh yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I was like, no, like, like was, everyone doesn't. Everyone thought that Anakin Tom- like died. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, That's why it was so crazy for yeah. Luke to be like my father. Yeah. Yes. Right. Because even Ben Kenobi tells like tells Luke, yeah, your father died, and due to well, I mean, Lord, even, Lord Vader killed him. He said, I mean, e- even in the series so far, like they made it clear that Obi Wan didn't know it was Anakin yeah. until like the end of the second episode. That was so electric. And when that was, you see, the end of Kenobi's the second episode eyes, like, was so good. What acting from Ewan McGregor? That guy is killing it. You could like feel the fear. Role. You could feel yes. the fear. Yeah. He did it so well. Oh my god. And then the scene where it's clear that like Darth Vader was meditating and felt his presence, that was something else. Like he yeah. finally felt Kenobi the first time in nine years. I'm so excited for this next episode. I think it's gonna be a lot of Vader. It's on yeah. Wednesday, right? That's what I was gonna say. Like, do you think the next episode it's is Wednesday? Wednesday? Yeah, it's Wednesday, yeah. Oh, I thought it was Friday. Wednesday? No, just just the first two are on Friday. Now it's a Wednesday release yeah. show. Let's go. I, I'm expecting a big Vader episode, episode three. Like, I think it's going to be mostly just Anakin. Because that's what we all want. They know mm-hmm. we want it. And they've said that Hayden Christensen will be playing a big part. So mm-hmm. we haven't seen any flashbacks, really. I am curious to see how Obi-Wan returns Leia to Alderaan. Because it's like, he is a fugitive. He can't just, like, walk into, like... The Senate. The Senate, like he's like the senator's home. He can't just like be like, oh hey, and then see you later. Right. I guess I'm he going could back take to Tatooine. Leia to Tatooine and have and then just call him. But then also but then, the Inquisitors are gonna know that he's going to Alderaan because it's, it's yeah, Leia. right. Like obviously they know that she's gonna get returned to the family. Is the Grand Inquisitor actually dead? He, he don't bl- pierced I, by a lightsaber <laughs> to the chest, and I. I like you said, like the whole setup, and I feel like what you're about to say is like setting this up. Like the plot suggests that he's going to be alive, but how do you survive that? Yeah, that didn't make sense to me. Like I, I'm not really sure. 
I need a what if they he's were not thinking. Dead, with that? I need like an a good reason for why. Yeah, because well, he got I a lightsaber to the body, Qui Gon style. Yeah. I haven't seen the uh, like I I haven't watched like Clone Wars or like Rebels mm-hmm. or whatever. Isn't he in those? So he's in Rebels. He's like okay. the main villain of season one of Rebels. Um, so like you know that he's there, and that was written by Dave Filoni. Doesn't that take place after Obi Wan though, or before? Yes, it does. That takes place. That so takes place. Why it's so but, crazy? Why yeah. he would die? Because like, so you that, know he's alive later. Yeah. So Rebels is like in between Obi Wan and A New Hope. Okay. Um. <clears throat> yeah. So I don't think that Disney would wreck on that because Rebels was their first like major Star Wars uh, project, right? And it had Filoni. Who was yeah. the same writer as Obi Wan? So I don't think that he would retcon himself. And they That's clearly fair. didn't show any scene where he was dead. Like they clearly made it ambiguous. Kind yeah, of. Yeah. So like, I, it was I a just lightsaber a... to the chest, and then he, they, it was like next scene, right? So. I have a lot of questions now because it's like I do think that he's going to survive, mm-hmm. but then now Riva is like, is Riva going to keep hunting Obi Wan by herself? Because now obviously the Inquisitors are against her. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's true. true. But like, it think- feels like she might be Anakin. Like, Lord Vader might be like helping her is out. She is she gonna be like Vader's apprentice? Is she gonna be like the actual canon Star Killer? Whoa! Because it feels like she is clearly going against the Inquisitors, trying to get Kenobi for the yeah. last ten years, right? And yeah. it's going against the Inquisitors. Why would she go against every single one of the dark side? Wanted, there must be a reason why she must be wanting to get. She Kenobi. wanted to take him to Vader. She didn't want to kill him. Yeah. Her speech made that very clear, right? When she was talking, she, was, she, she wasn't was, like, there to kill him. him. She was there to bring him to Vader. To end. Yeah, you're right, and it's clear that she's from the start that she knows about Anakin. They must. Yeah. You're right. I love that theory, and I think that could come true. She could be the canon apprentice. Is it called a Padawan in the dark side? No, no I think they right? say appre- I think they say apprentice. Apprentice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, could uh could the Grand Inquisitor be like maybe more machine in Rebels? Like, what was wasn't there a chick? Wasn't like Fennec Shrand and like Mandalorian season two? Yeah. Didn't she get like yeah, yeah. a lot of like metallics put like? Because I mean, her, she, like, she, she got she got shot now? in the midsection, and now her mm-hmm. entire midsection's like robotics. So could it be like kind of a they could do the same, same thing? thing they like could that. easily do that. You're that right. Would still be You're a little right. lame, but like, yeah, like they are on like it is a pretty good planet for them to be able to do that, right? Like it's a, like where all legal activity happens, right? Yeah. Where he's getting stabbed in the chest, so I could see him just getting machined up. And I guess they don't like explicitly say in Rebels that that wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I guess they could literally they could write anything into existence at this point. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think Liam Neeson's going to show up? Is Qui Gon? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think I'm waiting for it. I think at least Kai as and a I voice. Were talking about this, I, yeah, I think as a voice. I don't know if we see him, but we will hear him. I think Kai is your theory, Kai. So I'm just basically copying it. Kai said, yeah. it, and I was like, oh, this is happening. Kai, you said like Qui Gon was going to show up as a voice in a time where Kenobi would die, kind of like <laughs> how Luke was going to die. I think that that Kenobi's when he it's like maybe mid fight with Vader or like just before he's going to get like, he's finally going to reach out successfully through the force 
to it. To Qui Gon. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 I feel like I feel like I feel like we're gonna see him in person though, because didn't Liam Neeson also just sign on for like another Star Wars thing? Yes. Like I think it is just a voice acting role, mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. thing, but he did just sign on for another thing, so clearly he liked. It, I, I think the, the other one was a uh, was like an animated show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't be. I like. I feel like he's only gonna show up for one scene, anyways. But like, yeah. I want to see him in person. Yeah, I also kind of like, wanted yeah. like a tease on like when they were running when like Obi Wan was chasing Leia. Like, I don't know timeline wise, but I wanted to see like more like known bounty hunters. I guess like I'm not saying like have like hmm, Pedro Pascal wise. like Who's show there? up in like The Mandalorian, but like could have had like right. Bosk or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah just I wanted more much, notable though. things like there. True, but. Wait, so who, wait, was that, was that Rex, that homeless stormtroop? No, 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 no. No, right? No, that'd be someone else? No. That could just be any 501st guy. Yeah, okay, good. Clone Wars thing? Yeah. Clone Wars thing. I, well, that does it for Kenobi talk. I'm fucking jazzed for the next episode, though. Yeah, sure, you gotta today. watch Clone Wars. You, yeah, it's worth it. Especially I sh- the I should last watch season. Because I've just been, like, I've only really gotten into Star Wars over the last, like, two years really so i should probably go back and watch it because uh like I know the good- first the first couple seasons are more uh like kitty mm-hmm. yeah but the last Still- season is so good last season is so so, so good. good like you could honestly like skip most of it just start last season they'll like give you a kind of recap it's really good and it sets up a lot of shows that are coming out like a lot of shows are kind of based on clone wars yeah clone i know wars i need to watch a lot uh, of the characters are clone wars yeah yeah because like yeah. Ahsoka, Ahsoka, yeah, like Cad Bane was so cool Bane, both yeah. because of Clone yeah. Wars. Yeah, yeah I, I had read that that guy was part of the the Clone Wars as well, and they showed up. Okay, so yeah. you did watch yeah. Bad Bad Batch. I haven't. Yeah, no, but I just I, okay. I saw online that it, that was a thing, but that he was a, a character in one of the other Star Wars shows, mm-hmm. and that's right. why people were so jazzed to see him. Yeah, yeah. The thing I think I need to watch first though is I still have to watch Rogue One. Oh, Rogue that One, up, yeah, that's like that a top Andor? Three Star Wars movie. That that's like what Andor's like. It's like, a, it's like Andor's like a prequel to Rogue One, right? Yeah, Rogue One's so good. Is I, I, I think it's it. a top three Star Wars movie in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Wow, definitely, definitely up opinions. there. Yeah, hmm. the last scene. Mm. Mm. Um, I think that does it for Kenobi talk, mm. and that does it for the Loose Change podcast episode eight. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, for those that stick through the Kenobi talk too, shout out. Uh, yeah, love Star Wars. Um, I usually have Braden do the outro. He's not here. Most people have tuned out already, so I'll have Stuart do it. Stuart, do the outro. Oh, man. Thank you, everybody, so, so much for tuning into the Loose Change podcast this week. Thank you for listening to us speak our nonsense, give our mm-hmm. great and terrible takes, yep. uh, and make sure to take Tyler's advice to win a lot of money. And then, a lot when of it doesn't, and then when it doesn't come true, don't blame us for it. You know, <laughs> gamble at your own responsibility. <laughs> know your limits, play within it. Mm-hmm. Did you just write that yourself? No, that's the BC lottery slogan. I think I thought. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>